Hey listeners, today our sponsor is our friends at Empire Flippers. We've been pals with the team behind this brand for years, and we've seen them become the largest curated M&A marketplace in the industry for buying and selling e-commerce businesses. If you're the owner of a profitable e-commerce store and you have ever thought about selling your brand for a massive profit, there's never been a better time than right now. You can check out what your e-commerce store is valued at by going to empireflippers.com slash valuation dash tool. Just answer a few simple questions and they'll give you an automated valuation based on real sales data from businesses just like yours that sold on their platform. On with the show. There's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It's Friday. And I'm Eric Dick, and I am back again with Pilot House Pals, <laughs> Pilot House Pals, Julian Normand, head of email, and Robin Holdsworth, our lead designer. Today, we're talking about all kinds of fun things, including email versus SMS, the beauty of two-stepped opt-ins, and a little bit about email design principle. Uh, let's start uh, over the top, Julian. I think of you kind of like that meme where uh, you know there's a, a gentleman walking along and he's with a woman, and but he sees another woman and he's turning his head, kind of thing. I feel like I know we've recently been doing some really cool things with SMS. Uh, how are you? How are your like love levels feeling right now versus uh, SMS versus email? Oof, it's oh, man, it's a tough call. You know, email you get so much of that that visual aspect to it. Um, you can really, really make a a fluid and dynamic design. Uh, so I really love that part about email, but man, it's just crazy to see the ROI on SMS and, um, and the response rate. Um, and of course you can, you know, you can add um, graphics, uh, GIFs, emojis uh, to an SMS, uh, just costs you a little bit more, but uh, it's, it's often n- negatable, the, the difference that those, uh, those add-ons will contribute um to your bottom line when you're when you're sending out emails and it, and it does or sorry sending out sms and it does uh really increase your cost so um I, i'm right now i'm kind of I'm, I'm pretty torn to be honest uh we're seeing great results on both so it, it's hard to say are there any roadblocks for for brands getting into sms or is it sort of like full court press everyone wants to get an sms program going on if there are roadblocks what are they i think a lot of people are actually really hesitant um like a lot of brands that we talk to um, it's, it's like something when I'm having a, a, a prospect conversation or like, you know, I'm, I'm pitching something to a client, uh, typically it's kind of like the, uh, the, the dark horse, right? Like people don't recognize its value quite yet, I think. And, um, and in fact, like just this week, I had a conversation with a client, uh, who were doing amazing, amazing numbers on email for, so like the, the trust is there. And I said the word SMS and you like, <laughs> they like sucked up and they said, uh, you know, I don't really think that we want to ask. I don't think we want to text message people. I said, oh, well, what, why, why do you, why do you feel like that? And he's like, well, I just feel like it's spammy. I feel like it's bothering people. Like who wants to hear from us on their phone? And I, and I thought to myself, I was like, man, there's so many people that think like this, that could be doing so much revenue on this channel. <laughs> And I understand it's a very personal channel, but it, it's such, it, that's a really great example of a business owner, I think, thinking about things the way they think about things. 
and and less about you know like it, it's it's such the norm at this point for for brands to be using that channel uh the best brands of course use it sparingly and impactfully but it's interesting that you're that it's it's those mind frames you got to get over to to see the benefits from it yeah i mean usually once you show them the return on investment or like a, a sneak peek at another account that you're doing and how much it costs versus how much they make they usually loosen up pretty quick though Nice. But still overall, in terms of messages sent, we're still set, it's probably sending vastly more emails than we are SMSs. Yeah. Yeah. Like much, much higher, at least four to five times more emails uh, per week or per month than SMS. We use SMS sparingly, like you said. Uh, it's a much more one-to-one -one communication um, and, and it's much more conversational. Um, although we do, you know, we do hammer sales through it just as, just as hard as we do on email. Um, that personal connection with people's phone, you have to treat it gently and carefully. Nice. And then Robin, we're going to dive into some more stuff around email design specifically, but are there any factors that go you know, from, from a designer's point of view, what's your take on this email versus SMS uh, sort of paradigm? Uh, I think a lot of the things you have to consider are like text size, like images, how big they're going to be, if it's going to be legible, if it's not going to be. A lot of people use icons in their emails and uh, sometimes they're not legible when you're looking over a phone, like what is that little thing, you know, like, so I, I personally love designing when it's meant for a desktop, but uh, you got to just be strategic in, in what you're showing, what you're displaying over a phone. Yeah, that's a really good point, Robin. You know, a lot of the times, I, in fact, um, just today I got a, um, a text marketing message uh, from a from a company, and they had basically just taken an email, like a full length email image, and, and slapped it into their SMS and sent it off to me. And it was like barely legible. Even the hero image was really really tough to see. And just I looked at it, I was like, oh yeah, these guys aren't these guys aren't thinking from a mobile first perspective. And you really do have to. Um, the simpler you can make that graphic, uh, and the more legible. Uh, the the more attention it'll get and and the the more likely you are to get a conversion on it. And the same with text length as well. Yeah, and and you know keeping keeping your messages under a certain length is really uh, the best way to stay cost efficient um, with SMS marketing. And, and uh, once you add imagery or you add emojis, you're almost guaranteed to go over the one message um, length. But it just kind of depends on the impact you want to have and. And uh, and what you're what sort of sales you're looking to drive, uh, and if you really need like we we always like to think uh, minimally from a text perspective because the tighter you can keep that message and still get the click, um, the easier it's going to be for you to get a, a really really positive ROI from the platform. Nice. Okay. So on to our next topic here, which is a bit uh, around how you actually get the the mobile addresses. You know, we we do lead generation for our newsletter. And I've often thought, you know, how great would it be to have, have SMS numbers here and potentially build that into uh, referral programs or things like that. Um, but we don't, we don't want to mess with our, with our opt-in. We just keep collecting that email. And I'm sure a lot of brands just love, you know, that minimal amount of info they can collect with their email. But what are we doing uh, with SMSs to, to collect that info as well? Yeah, so we've actually implemented uh, across all of our accounts that, that are willing to do it, um, what, what we're calling the, the two-step opt-in. Uh, and basically what that is, is it's your standard, uh, you know, your standard pop-up, whether it's modal or fly-in or, or whatever the format is. Um, and you take uh, the basic, the basic 
first step is just, you know, hey, here's your incentive. Um, here's what we want from you to get it. That's your email. Um, and then we actually, uh, it, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit subversive, but it actually converts really well. And we think on the back end, from the numbers that we see, we're quite happy with this process. And basically you, you gate the incentive or the, or the offer behind a second step. So uh, first, first pop-up, ask for your email, you enter your email, it goes away. Uh, second pop-up comes up and says, you know, hey, you're almost there or, you know, complete, um, complete your, your, uh, your form entry, which is your SMS number uh, to get your discount or your incentive or whatever that is. And, uh, and one of the things that we, you know, when we first tried it, it was really, um, we were really hesitant about it. We were like, oh man, this isn't going to convert at all. It's going to be really tough to get people to buy into this. And we were just blown away at the numbers on conversion rates for that. Very cool. And what do you, sorry, the number, what do you mean by that exactly? The number of people who completed both steps? Yeah. So the number of people who completed both steps, like on average, we will see, and this is different brand to brand, um, but on average, we will see like a seven to 9% um, completion rate across both steps. But what's really, really interesting is that most of the time uh, we're getting a, a 30 to 50 or higher percent opt-in rate on that second step. And part of that is, you know, the person wanting to get their discount, um, the time commitment and the like energy level commitment of, of already entering your info, right? Like you kind of want to, you want to get through it. You want to get your reward. So you end up entering your, your other info there, uh, your other bit of info for your SMS. But um, the, the really nice part about that, where we actually utilize it as a way to add value to the customer is that we're letting them essentially um, sign up in as many ways possible, very, very simply, and then choose which platform they prefer to be messaged on. Um, and, and I think that that is a really, really important part of the process that, uh, that a lot of brands who may be apprehensive to adopting this technique really need to consider because at the end of the day, if somebody is giving you their info, they want to hear from you. And if you can find a way to connect with them that is you know, as frictionless as possible for them, you're gonna really get good results early on in that first interaction with them. And one that they chose. And one that they've chose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really cool. So do you have any data on um, the conversion rate of just a single form versus a double, uh, a two-step form? Like, are you going to lose some fit? Are you going to lose some conversions there, but they will be higher quality? <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we found when we were asking for both up front, we were getting like the, the standard e-com rate, which is like anywhere from two to 3%. Um, anytime you add an extra form field, you're going to lower your conversion rate on, on, a, on a display. So um, seeing that basically double, even with a second step, uh, that's like our typical, our typical ratio. We'll see like it usually double across both steps. Um, and be able to get all that information up front from people with much less friction um, from the user perspective. Very cool. What modal are you uh, using to, to get, gather that information? Is that a Shopify thing? Is that a plugin? Uh, yeah, so we actually, uh, we have a, a partnership with uh, Privy Pop-Ups and, um, and, and they have a really, really slick way of, um, of presenting and, and delivering um, all of their pop-ups. And that was kind of why we chose them uh, originally. And then they contacted us when they saw how many uh, accounts we were signing up for them and said, hey, we've got this new two-step 
pop up. We really want to beta test it. Do you guys want to try it out with one of your clients? Um, and, and we were really, really excited to be able to be one of the first people to roll it out for them. Very cool. Nice. Uh, great. Always great. When we can unearth knowledge bombs like that on the podcast. Um, and now Robin, one of the things I learned about you when we first met Robin, uh, I've met, mentioned this on the podcast before, but he designed our logo in about 30 seconds. Uh, when he told, he changed our brand name from direct to consumer to D to C DTC. And then he just went into a fugue state and did our logo very quickly. Uh, and I also learned that you had also worked uh, at 7-Eleven on their newsletter as well. So you have some, some really good newsletter experience. Yeah. Yeah. They delivered a newsletter about twice a week. Uh, very intricate, like tons of different offers. Um, and they were changing, uh, changing the brand of like their campaign uh, every month or so. So it was, a, it was a whole new whack of fonts to download and a whole new like color scheme that you, that changed. So it was, yeah, it was intense for sure. Yeah. yeah. You, you cut your teeth, <laughs> cut your teeth there. I'm sure. Uh, and you've been instrumental, uh, you know, with the, with the design aspect of the newsletter, as well as what goes into our emails here. Uh, I wanted to ask one of the, one of the points you brought up that I thought was really great is what, what's your, your position on calls to action uh, in emails, uh, where they should go, when they should go and how they should look. Yeah. Really good question. Um, I think that, uh, I might rant a little bit here, so pardon me, but, um, when you're sending a newsletter and like a, a well thought out, um, newsletter, you're essentially sending like a little, a little website over like online. Hey, Julian, like we would, we would spend over a day or two on some newsletters that were like really intricate multiple offers they had a specific campaign that we were trying to drive home and what we we would usually do to strategize is we would we would have the hero at the top that's like okay what's the main offer that we're trying to to bring home with the uh, viewer and then we would we would give some information about that offer and then that's when the call to action happens so it's like okay they found out there's this specific discount on this product they know that it's a summer sale they know that the product has this this and this well now what like well now go and buy it so here's the call to action here's where you do it here's where you click and it's very apparent what the button looks like and everything and the color scheme and all that it's very branded and then it's kind of like, um, it's the opposite of Facebook where you, you want people to stop their scroll. You, you want people to continue scrolling in newsletters. So it's like, okay, I, I, I see the call to action. I see that there's an offer there, but like, what's this other offer they got going right beneath that, you know? And then it's a whole other hero image. It's a whole other campaign, maybe not campaign, but whole other strategy that we're trying to implement and we want to get them to click as much as possible. So at the end of every offer or, or strategy or whatever we're trying to display to the, to the client or customer, it's always ended with a call to action. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a really good point. And, and, and all too often you see uh, emails uh, that aren't segmented out properly like that, where they'll they'll change the direction in the email. Um, they're trying to push you to something entirely different and they don't offer that call to action. And you really, really need to offer that 
at every possible opportunity because you just don't know where you're going to pique somebody's curiosity. And it's funny because a lot of the time, um, especially at the bottom of an email, I find is where it's really lacking is like some people will just see the hero, see the first bit of text, and then they literally grab their, their phone and they just wing it all the way to the bottom and are, are expecting to see a call to action. And if they don't see it at the bottom of that segment or they don't see it in the segment that they stop on, you could lose the click. It's, it's such a short attention span when somebody's, especially when somebody's checking uh, email on their mobile. We're, we're, we're chatting a little bit about uh, about newsletters here, but I'm also just interested from an e-commerce brand owner perspective. What are those instances? Like, I, I imagine a lot of the emails you're sending are pretty short with, with, with a bit of text, an image, a call to action. What are, are there other kinds of, like, I know some brands do send newsletters as well, but are there other kinds of longer form emails that you send where, where the segmenting of things is, is uber important? Yeah, I would say like in general, if we send a long email, um, we try and keep uh, the message pretty unilateral. Uh, you, you want to, um, you want to provide many uh, opportunities for people to click through and have those call to actions, but typically don't often want to confuse. Um, ex- you don't want to confuse them and, and try and link them out to too many different places. Uh, I would say like typically if we're going to do a long form uh, campaign or a newsletter or anything like that uh, for like a product launch, uh, you'll really only have one to two, maybe three areas that you want to send them to. And, and you, you, uh, you kind of structure it in a way so that as they go further down the email, they're getting more and more targeted to a conversion, right? Like if I know that if the person gets three quarters of the way down the email, chances are they've read the first uh, half and we know that that person is more invested than the person who just clicks on the hero image right at the top or the CTA right at the top. You do have a little bit more intent further down uh, than you would at the top of the email. Nice, yeah, a bit of a bit of an exchange there. Um, nice. like. I know it, it, it's going to depend on the campaigns, obviously. Um, but what are what are instances where plain text works better than emails that have heavy design elements? Um, I mean, it's it's really really brand dependent. But honestly, it can also be uh, it can be a really great way to um, to imitate. Like, I mean, ideally, you want the message to be coming from somebody. Uh, conversationally, but we all know that that doesn't happen very often. So uh, it's a really great way using plain text to imitate that that really personal feel of an email. And you'll find this a lot with like SaaS platforms. Um, they'll send out a email with a with an avatar of a, you know, a customer service rep. It's all plain text. Um, that email is not coming from that service rep. Usually it's automated, uh, but it gives that feel of a really one to one connection. Um, and then I would say the other, just on that note quickly, the, the sneaky thing that we've tested it before. And I, I used to get with Neil Patel, you see this in info where you'll literally have a customer service rep, have a forwarded email from like say Neil Patel, and it'll yes. say, make sure you reach out to Eric at, at, you know, this guy, you want to make sure you have a contact with him. And then I, the rep would say, Hey, Neil reached out to me to make sure I said hi to you. And that could all be done through forms, but it was like a really compelling thing. Like, Oh, Neil wants to talk with me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, in, in one of our our threads, was it over like 
Black Friday or one of the other holidays, we um, somebody sent through one from from the hustle, and it was like it was like Sam Parr had like slipped and hit the send button to his whole list, yeah. uh, but he was actually sending it to you know he was trying to send it to his intern to tell him to make sure all the links worked. Uh, so you can get really really tricky with it, right? Like you can you can subversively uh, make people think that they're privy to a conversation that they shouldn't be. You can uh, ingratiate them with with that feeling of like exclusivity, um, and and then another way that that we find plain text really effective is actually as a as an alternative testing method for deliverability. So if you find like if we find we come into a a, a client uh, interaction where they've been sending all image emails for months and months and months and months, and they just can't figure out why their deliverability is really low. Well, that's like usually the first thing we'll test is like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna split test your plain text, a plain text version of your email with your image heavy stuff or your all image stuff and uh, and see what the results are. And it's actually quite surprising um, at some at some stages in that in that journey what the difference is in open rate. That's really cool. Um, let's let's finish off just by chatting a little bit about about D2C. Uh, Julian's been uh, helping us with the emails uh, on the D2C side as well, and he recently implemented a winback sequence, a way for us to sort of take users who haven't uh, you know engaged with our emails in a while and um, and get them to you say, hey, you know, we're going to take you off the list kind of thing. And what was really interesting is I think we started it at like a four week period with people that have maybe not opened in four weeks, which for us is two emails a week, which is eight. So we thought, okay, if they haven't opened us in eight. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll start sending them these messages and the amount of people that I got writing back to me to be say, saying like, Oh, I haven't opened the last eight, but I I'm just waiting till next week when I'm going to read them all. Uh, and we've had to do that a couple times now where people kind of keep complaining that even though they're not opening the emails, they like receiving them and that they plan on opening them at, at a later date in the future. I feel like it's an interesting point. It is interesting. And you know what, it, from a, like coming from a primarily, Ecom perspective, it was really, uh, it was really interesting to hear that because it wasn't really something that I had, uh, I had thought was going to be part of our process on D 2 C. Um, but I mean, clearly the results speak for themselves. Like, I, how many emails have you got now from people who are just like, "No, I love the content. Please don't cut me off the list. I want to make sure I still get these." Yeah, um, like, like dozens. So everyone out there, open your damn emails, right? Like, just make sure you open the email. Give it a little, re- give it a little scroll. Uh, visitor sponsors. This is how you support the DTC newsletter and podcast. Uh, no, but I, it's been, it, it was a real, it, it was just a, it was a vote of, uh, you know, just have so many people say that they, they take, they took comfort knowing that they had them all, you know, that they know there's so much like valuable information in there that they want to be able to reference them. They want to be able to have them go back into them. That's the thing that we notice on, on our, uh, on like the, the, the main, the, the big thing that's different about newsletters versus more transactional or sales emails as well is like, your goal is to get them on that email and then off somewhere else completing an action in most cases. Whereas with the newsletter, like our average user opens it three times. We have people who open it 50, 60 times, literally going in making sure they get every last piece of, of value out of it, which is a very different mind frame uh, in terms of even how you you know talk about CTR and open rate and all that stuff. Like we, we're getting tens of thousands of opens on, on every uh, on every issue. And that's from, you know, thousands of people who, who love, love the content. So. It's been fun. Yeah, I think when you when you provide that much value, you know, people will just constantly want to come back and back. And and if they're if the content is um, 
is dense as well and you want it and, and you know you can be like okay well you know i've got five minutes i'm gonna read read this part this part of the newsletter get my uh get my info out of it and then i come back and i'm gonna finish off the rest and i hadn't really considered that when we were building the the winback series i think we were i think when we first started we we had said like ah, two weeks is good <laughs> yeah we're like, yeah. no, we gotta we gotta keep people around on the list a little bit. Yeah, what are we, what are we at now? Like almost three months? I think yeah, nine, nine weeks. Yeah, nine, nine, ten weeks. So yeah, I think yeah. uh you're 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 safe on our list. We're not gonna be booting you off anytime soon. But uh, as I said, <laughs> yeah, open open the damn emails. Uh open your brand's emails for Julian, you know, open the 7-Eleven email for Robin. Uh just <laughs> no, for, no, don't no. just for old time's sake. <laughs> Anything no, else to add from the design world these days, Robin? Yeah, I, I just wanted to say that it, it's almost like free advertising with some newsletters. Like what I like to do uh, when creating a newsletter, I, I almost always put the logo of the company at the very top so that when they open the newsletter, they know exactly what brand they're dealing with and who they're, you know, um, vibing with. And so even if the, even if your customer opens the email and just sees the logo and then closes it, that logo is again implanted in, in their subconscious and they're going to be thinking about it, whether they like it or not. Like just the fact that they saw the logo is that's an advertisement right there. So yep. that's great. That's, that's great insight. And, and, and Julian on all sales emails, I assume you've got the logo near the top. Yeah, um, we, we do actually. And, and it does, it really reinforces the brand. Like if you were to send somebody an email, uh, from the brand uh, as a sender and you don't have that in there. And we've actually tested this. Like if you don't have the brand at the top, um, you'll find that you can get a lower click-through rate. And, and because we use, um, you know, pretty advanced tracking, uh, you'll, you'll actually get like a, a, a lower read rate or sorry, a length of read to it as well. So like people, if they're, that you can, you'll have a higher amount of people who read for like one second or a couple seconds, as opposed to people who absorb most of the content. I love it. It's going to improve brand recall. And just, you know, it's the same reason our header sponsorship goes at the top there. It's like every yeah. single person who opens that sees that brand, right? So that's what mm -hmm. makes it so valuable. It's just that awareness uh, at the very, very top of funnel. And as you say, Robin, it is, Hey, it's free traffic. So take advantage of it. Once those emails are yours. 100%. Nice. All right. Thanks for coming on today. Uh, you keep sipping your coffee mug there, Robin. I got to get a coffee mug of my own for the for Friday <laughs> afternoon here. And enjoy the beautiful weather out here in Victoria. Maybe we can meet up on a patio this weekend. That would be great. All right. Well, yeah, let's we talk get, about it. I need to get back into the spike ball. I need to get back in shape. That's right. Viking chess. We'll play some Kube. <laughs> there right, you guys. go. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Later, Thanks, guys. Eric. Later.